and they practice and they practice and they record and over and over and they never give up. And before you know it, their gift, their talent makes way for them. It opens doors for them when perhaps everyone else may have thought they were crazy uh, for even thinking of such a, a thing to do. But when you hold on to something near and dear to you and you give it your all and you work it day and night, then it will, in my opinion, open up the way for you. Once upon a time, there were tens of thousands of makers struggling. Every day, they built for hours and hours, but didn't ship and didn't earn enough income. One day, the No Code Wealth podcast came to help them find a way. Because of this, makers became founders and earned the money they deserve. Because of this, founders can have growth, freedom, and wealth. Wealth of time, wealth of impact wealth of family and relationships, as well as financial wealth. True wealth is what I'm really all about. And this journey has been full of ups and downs for me. Hello, my name is Abdulaziz, and from being a poor boy born to a single mother in North Africa with no money, no connections, only hard work, persistence, and even more hard work, to a European Ivy League business graduate and an expert on seven different psychological therapies with a great corporate job. Still, I've lost everything twice, but I refuse to give up. So now I'm rebuilding my life one more time, 1% a day. On this podcast, I'm privileged to interview hundreds of amazing people from members of the Forbes Technology Council, Google executives, Amazon, Microsoft, LinkedIn C-suite executives, to Fortune 100, to Financial Times reporters and people from Harvard University, Cambridge, Stanford, even from the Vatican Church, congressional candidates and decorated veterans, or just beginners wishing to make a difference in this world, all are welcome here. And thank you all so much for the support. After all this hard work of publishing a new interview every day, this podcast now is ranking highly on Apple in the entrepreneurship category, top 200 in San Francisco, top 100 in Australia, top 100 in Singapore, top 60 in Germany, top 50 in Canada, top 50 in the United Kingdom, and top in many other places. So please share this podcast with one new person today, because when they listen to this podcast, they'll be in very good hands. And if you are interested in my marketing consulting or podcast mentoring services on how to use podcasting as a powerful tool to research and find your perfect product market fit, send me an email to mentor at storybonding.com or on Twitter at NoCodeWealth. Let's begin. My guest today is Dr. Charles Redd. Dr. Charles is a Fortune 500 executive, a life coach, professor, a speaker, mentor, and transformational leader. 
from Central Michigan University to Ashland Theological Seminary, where he received the title Doctor of Ministry in Transformational Leadership, to developing his principles, mission to add life purpose through teaching and growing others, vision, developing leaders to uncover their full potential through transformational leadership, life purpose, to motivate, teach, and inspire others to live a life on purpose in order to leave a legacy for future generations. Dr. Charles, how are you today? Oh, thank you so much. It is a pleasure and an honor to serve today and to be a part of your podcast. I'm looking very much forward to sharing with you. It's a great day. Thank you very much. And I believe every day is a great day because we have, we get in a year, on average, 365 opportunities to transform our lives and the future generations coming ahead that the past doesn't have to equal the present or the future. And on that note, I would like to ask you, what were moments in your life that add up to a wonderful story that made you the Dr. Charles that we love today? Well, you know, when I think about that as a child, I remember entering into the first grade and the teachers at that time had identified that I had a reading disorder. I wasn't able to keep up with the kids my age. And so they put me into a class called Reading Readiness. And I went to that class, didn't know why, but my grandmother one day said, son, I want you to open up uh, the book and begin to read. And she began to teach me to read. And I was able to learn and grow and become the child uh, caught up with the rest of the children in the school during that time. I happened to be raised by a village. My mother was a single parent for the most part. My dad and mom had divorced at an early age of five. I was five years old only. And, and so my grandmother took a big part in my life. My mom, my aunt, all of those folks played a role. And then even some of the neighbors in the neighborhood where I grew up. So I can really say that I was raised in a village and it paid off. I got a chance to grow and understand about life through many lenses of people who shared their life story or their experiences. And all in all, it made me a better person. It wasn't always easy, but I was able to take one day at a time and continue to learn and grow each day. Thank you. And that makes me want to ask this question because whether this is true or just an impression, People seem to think that most people they're dealing with, maybe even online, they are communities of those who, who are trying to put their hands in their pocket. They have an ulterior motive. They're trying to be nice in order to get something. But there are communities that exist where people are actually helping each other because they care, because they want to leave a legacy, because they want to change the world. So in your opinion, how can someone be part of or build or begin such a community where it's a village where each person is raising everyone else and then the raising tide lifts all boats together where it's based on kindness, giving, supporting each other? Do you have thoughts on how such a community can be created and what is necessary for it to exist? 
You know, when I think about that question, I think about uh, growing up in the church and and hearing a song that the, the name of the song, this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. And that's what it takes. It begins with you. It begins with me letting our lights shine that we may be found doing good deeds and good work and that making a difference begins with us. And as we make a difference, it's contagious. It's like a match. One match can, can start a forest fire. Well, one person by the love expression and the giving of self and the pouring into others can start a forest fire in the sense of people mimicking and being positive and being giving and being people who are looking to do good things. And that's where it starts. It starts with you and I. Thank you. And I do agree with you 100%. And I have noticed there is something called the imposter syndrome, where people who understand that on a logical, intellectual level, yet emotionally they feel shackled by thoughts like, who am I to try to tell others or show them or be, you know, seen or get attention or be the center of attention that is either vanity or I'm not good enough to be like those people or what do I have to share with the world? I'm just old, lonely, only me, etc. Do you have like thoughts about this, maybe experience with people or even personal doubts that you learn to overcome somehow? I just believe that everyone on this earth has something of value to offer. And it is our job and many people's job is to help people uncover the full potential, the possibilities, the passion. And once people identify that they are somebody who can contribute in a positive way, then it becomes their story. It becomes their passion. And I think as a life coach, I've been able to serve and help people get what I call unstuck because they are a diamond in the rough and sometimes they don't realize the full potential. And so we have no reason to be envious of anyone, jealous of anyone, because there is something that you and I and the rest of the world that we have to give. And it is our objective to help people. There are helpers along the way to help us see what it is that we can do to be a change agent for the better. And so I have found through uh, learning through others and learning from my own experience, when I combine the two, I have found that I've become a better person. Now, one of the things that I help people identify perhaps what their passion, at least a clue to what it is that they have to offer Sometimes I recruit students to come to work for my corporation. And sometimes a student doesn't know quite what it is that they want to do after graduating from college. And so I asked them the simple question. I asked them, I said, if every job or every profession, if they all paid the same amount of money, which would you gravitate to? And they would think for a minute and they would make a selection. Well, there lies a clue to your passion as to what it is that you do well, what it is that can make a difference that if you put more time and energy in, it very well could make a difference for not only yourself, but others in your community, and for that matter, in the world. Thank you. And I couldn't agree more with what you said. 
And at the same time, I find that there is a myth or a wrong thought that messes up people's lives, basically. I was watching the documentary about Usain Bolt, and in it he said, try something. If it's not easy, just give up. It's not for you. While in my own reality, I believe that's very dangerous because often when we are on our life purpose, like you said, we become better people. Why? Because we get challenged where it hurts. We get challenged where our traumas are, or as Joseph Campbell will call it, we will have to go on our hero's journey to the belly of the beast and emerge on the other side with the elixir of wisdom and transformation, etc. So to ask you about this, do you agree with Usain Bolt that your life purpose should be the smooth, easy way that will work for you instantly and it will be just so nice and easy ride to the sunset? Or do you agree with other thoughts, including mine, that actually it's challenging? It will poke you where it hurts the most, but there is fire in your belly that tells you, yes, this is the right way. And even if it's difficult, I will persist because this is what I'm on this earth to do. What are your thoughts on this? I, I, I would agree with the latter thought. I agree with you because you may uh, have passion to do something and may be gifted in that area, but there are going to be some trials and some tribulations, some failures, some setbacks. Anybody and everybody that's ever done anything has failed at things. And so I read a book by John Maxwell, one of the great leaders of our time, and he talks about in his book called Failing Forward. And failing forward is something we either learn and live or we live and learn. And when you take the perspective of learning and living, when you fail, you will self-examine what it is that you can learn from that experience, but yet get up and have the willpower to to fail forward and to keep moving along life journey until you have reached the destiny and the goal that you've set out for your life. So I believe that the passion is something that will allow you to burn, but you won't burn up, you won't burn out. You'll continue to strive. You'll put in more time. You will be able to do more than you ever thought you could do because you take on the mindset of never, never, ever give up which I wrote a book called Never Give Up, uh, Don't Stop Now. That's the name of the book. And it really deals with no matter where you're at on life's journey, never give up, follow your dreams, follow your passion. There's no time to retire. We don't want to simply wilt away. We want to blaze away and leave something of significance while leaving a legacy for generations to follow. So the passion is the beautiful thing to find in one's life, but we cannot fool ourselves. There will be ups and downs, but in that you'll be determined because you know it's something within you that keeps you moving towards that passion and that goal. Thank you. I love that. I agree with it. And I want to speak about that something within us. Well, it seems that in this day and age, people are self-medicating with distractions. I'm not even speaking about like uh, spirits as they call them mm -hmm. in England or uh, even like drugs, etc. I'm speaking about mm -hmm. them not spending enough time with themselves. They're distracted whether on YouTube or Netflix or TikTok, etc. And not having that time 
to listen and hear that voice inside. And when they hear it, there is a lot. There is like the voice of their parent criticizing them, often a mother. There is a voice that as a theologian, you'll believe it will be like the devil's voice, etc. Mm-hmm. How would someone know which voice is that guiding voice and which one is an illusion or the wrong voice within them among all possibilities? And how can people be comfortable to return to listening to themselves rather than spending their time withering away, looking at TikTok videos all day just to medicate the pain that might be inside when a person is not on their life purpose? Well, you know, I think about the times we live in now uh, where it has forced people to reflect and look with inside themselves. Uh, as some have many have been isolated and have not been able to reach out uh, and to connect like they used to. And so now many people are thinking about what's on the other side. And it's doing those quiet times that makes a difference. And also it's doing those painful times after you've got done crying and complaining, uh, you, you straighten up and you decide to make a decision. I talk about a lot to my clients about dreaming out loud when we're able to dream out loud and see our goals and our aspirations and our, um, you know, the, the direction that we like to see ourselves going, we have to be able to see it. And if you can see it and you can make it tangible, if you could draw it out, write it out, if you could speak it out, it will help you get to that destination. I'm reminded of a story of a lady who her children had grown up and finished college and moved on and she was left alone as a single woman, but she had not in raising the kids gone back to school and she never finished her college education. And she decided that she was gonna go back and many people said, well, why? Why go back? You've already achieved much, you've raised a family. And she decided, this is something that I must do. This is something that's in me. And she decided to go and enroll. And the first week of school, she stops by the campus bookstore and she's shopping for her books. And she runs across a graduation gown in the bookstore. And so she just tried it on over her clothes. And she looked into one of the mirrors and she said to herself, I will graduate from this school in four years. And every year, every semester, she would come back to that bookstore to purchase books and she'd try the gown on again. And after four years, she she did walk across that stage and she did receive her diploma. And what that simply means is that when you look within yourself and you have time to revisit what you were made to do and what you were called to do, and you get back on track, even though it may seem that life had passed you by, you stopped and you pondered and you made a decision and you saw it in a tangible way and you made up your mind. It takes making up your mind and that's what this woman did. And it made a difference, not only in her family, they were proud of her, but her friends, her neighbors and all of those saw her and they were inspired by her action. Thank you. I agree with you about the importance of making up your mind or committing, as well as the importance of envisioning. And if you can see it, then you can believe it and achieve it. And I would like to ask about another thing. 
because yes. I believe what is standing in the way of most people in committing or in envisioning their dream and believing that it's possible is what is called learned helplessness or even now psychological fatigue because of this pandemic, but on a deeper level is learned helplessness where people might arrive even at high school level, life and circumstances break their spirits. And even though they think, okay, it is possible in an ideal theoretical world that I will be this big dream that I envision, but it's not possible for me. My circumstances are different. Life has taught me again and again and again that I fail at what I do or that when I really want something, it doesn't happen. And that is psychologically called learned helplessness. That is a thought. How do you think should be the way for people to heal this trauma, heal this learned helplessness in order for them to be poised and in the right place for them to look up, see their dream and think, okay, I will figure out the path because that is for me. I'm going there. I decided rather than thinking back. Yes, I see that. But I was in this situation in multiple times. I got kicked in the guts again and again and again. And I don't want it one more time. What are your thoughts on this, please? Yes, my thoughts on it is that, you you know, is to surround yourself with like-minded people uh, and experienced people that have um, demonstrated and have been successful and then like-minded people that uh, are on the journey right alongside of you. And then even uh, folks that are are thinking about it and want to come along on your journey. And so it's something about being in company of people of like-mindedness that have similar goals and aspirations. The folks that are experienced can lend wisdom because they have made many mistakes and they've learned from them. They can share with you to help you avoid those same mistakes. And then that person that's working alongside of you can be a person that encourages you. Uh, It's just like uh, when you go to the gym to uh, lift weights, to get yourself in shape. Most people like to have a, what they call a a workout partner or someone to assist them when they're lifting weight that may be heavier than they normally lift. And that person is there to help them get through and encourage them that they can do it and be there for support. And so everyone uh, in life's journey needs that type of person. And then we don't want to forget those that are watching us and they 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 want to do the things that we do. Uh, and so we reach back and we teach them. So there's three different people and we can play in any part of those roles, whether it's the older person that knows something that's been experienced in doing something, or whether it's the person that's alongside of us, that's encouraging us and holding us accountable, or whether it's the person that's coming up that wants to be and is looking for uh, ideals to help them get to where they want to go. We all have played a part and that part will encourage and make a difference. So it's about what we study is what we become. Uh, Who we hang around with is what has the most influence on us, in my opinion. And when you take those things that you study and who you hang around with, 
it will shape you into either a positive frame of mind or a negative frame of mind. But you get to choose. I love that. And I like it that you're mentioning surrounding ourselves from all sides, people who are in front of us or ahead of us, people who are to our right and to our left at the same level, and people who are behind to lift them up. And therefore, as many would argue that we are the average of the four or five people we spend most time with, we should choose wisely. Or (laughs) Baltazar Gracian, who is a monk, Spanish in the old times and the art of worldly wisdom, he was speaking about that, that most people fall into friendships through happenstance and through luck, while friendship is like the most important thing, one of the most important relationships you can have. So choose your friends widely and pick them on purpose rather than the people who happen to be in your high school or neighborhood or whatever workplace Mm -hmm. you're at, but choose them. And that is wonderful. And I would like to ask you something, since you are an expert on leadership and transformational leadership. Well, General Electric, in their leadership training, they have this definition of leadership that your success as a leader is by how many other leaders you create who surpass you. So the more leaders you create in the world who are more successful than you've arrived to, where you lifted them higher than you arrived, that is your measure as a leader rather than any other measure. So if someone arrived to be in, let's say, the CMO of a company, if he creates CEOs of various other companies, then he's a more successful leader than someone who's just sitting and he has like 100 people listening to them, whatever they say, like a guru. That is not the measure of success, but rather how many bigger leader than you, bigger leaders than you, you can create in the world. What are your thoughts on this? Is this your definition of success as a leader? Or what is your own way of thinking? And I assume there will be the word legacy in there. Mm -hmm. Well, I I agree with the latter description. And that is the fact that uh, we all have something of value to offer and the various experiences. No one person knows it all. And today, to be successful, it is about taking the best of the best and coming together in consensus and, and coming up with the correct course of action. And it takes a strong leader to not be intimidated uh, by someone who is more experienced than they are. I always believe that there's something in me that uh, you need and something in you I need. And so when you take the two together, you're going to come up with something that much more powerful. And so the key is being able to have an eye for talent and be able to allow people to um take their talent and experience and work within their lane and then bringing them all together for a common goal. And so the leader is reminded of uh, an orchestra leader, an orchestra leader who's standing on the box and uh, to the left and to the right, they have the string section, they have the horn section, they have the percussion section, they have all these different instruments and people playing, but they are making sure that the sound is great and that it is appealing and that people are enjoying it. And so when you step back and let the people uh, bring their strength, bring their experiences, bring their creativity, and allow them to bloom, so to speak, like a rose, 
you'll find that you're making leaders and then you are imparting in them leadership and they will take that and move forward. And really, you have a piece of yourself in each one of them and your legacy and your name continues to go forward too because of what you've done and what you've allowed others to do to grow. Thank you. Yes, it reminds me of in the old times they used to wish in the Greek islands and in Athens for may your name live on forever. And that's exactly what happens that when a part of you is within the leaders and the people who are you're leaving to make the world a better place and you've done your part to make the world a better place by impacting others. There is a seed of you that continues to grow throughout the generations, maybe like Genghis Khan, but more (laughs) in a way that is uh, emotional, intellectual, and meme, if you think, because there is a memeology, or not really memetics, which is a science that culture passes through people to survive through people for the future. You will be shaping the culture, even at a small scale, through yourself. And for this to happen, Many people, including myself, have been really had periods of our lives where we struggled with this paralysis of analysis, where we're thinking, oh, I have to be ready. I have to study all there is so that I feel ready. No, it's not yet. The time is not perfect. Not realizing that for me, I discovered there is no perfect time. So begin today because tomorrow, whether it will be worse or not, that's what tomorrow will bring. You just begin and learn iteratively through experience and reflection rather than trying to be ready through uh, like theory and then coming back to life to experience that your imagination was totally wrong about it. Or as Goethe said, that when you commit, the universe will conspire to help you, but it doesn't happen until that moment of committing and putting one bold step forward. To you, how do you recommend to people to overcome this uh, uh, paralysis of analysis or delaying, thinking, oh, I need one more book, I need one more thing before I implement. No, I need one more thing. While in reality, implement, fall for, fail forward like you said, but this is more about how to overcome that paralysis of analysis or need to delay until you feel quote-unquote ready. Yeah, I think uh, we should be laser focused. And laser focus is being intentional at the same time. The laser focus is is what it is that we do well. Start there. And and that's going to give us the motivation. Uh, When we think about being intentional, uh, that is reaching up to those experienced people and preparing questions so that you can get answers. That's being intentional. So when you take something and you put the emphasis on it, someone said the old expression, uh, being a jack of all trades, but a master of none, this gives you an opportunity to grab a hold of something and exhaust it where you know it inside and out, and you have prepared yourself in such a way that you become an expert, then you expand your experience and your knowledge as you move forward. But for a starting point, gravitate to the thing that really drives you and wakes you up in the morning with your high energy to excel and to do the best you can in that given day, working on something that is very special and passionate 
that you're uh, thinking about or working on. Thank you very much. And I will play the devil's advocate a little bit about this. <laughs> Since you said, let's reach to people who are ahead of you, who have experience, etc. But what happens, the devil will say <laughs> that we're living in unprecedented times where things are totally different to what was before, although they look like it, that we live in a world moving whether towards singularity or AI is going to take a lot of jobs or the world is so interconnected that it's totally chaos rather than a small village where we know how to operate and that our human brains and experience from the past would be somewhat irrelevant uh, to what will happen next then what will be your answer to give you know credibility and credence to the uh, wisdom and experience of people ahead that they are still and the devil say relevant <laughs> in the days ahead well you know the key is to take what you have uh, what i have in terms of a god-given gift and develop it, and someone put it this way, become a slave to your own gift and uh, work on it each and every day. Uh, when you don't have the help, then if you become uh, that instrument that continues to pour in each and every day. I look at the athletes or the people in entertainment. They uncover their gift of singing or playing an instrument or playing a part in a movie or singing a song. And they practice and they practice and they record and over and over and they never give up. And before you know it, their gift, their talent makes way for them. It opens doors for them when perhaps everyone else may have thought they were crazy uh, for even thinking of such a, a thing to do. But when you hold on to something near and dear to you and you give it your all, and you work it day and night, then it will, in my opinion, open up the way for you. Someone uh, put it this way, when you are passionate about something and you know it so well and you do it great, uh, people will take notice. And even though you may do it for free, but because you do it so well, people will come and pay you for it because they uncovered that you really are an expert. You're really gifted. You're really good. And people want to be around other successful people. That's why people wear jerseys with somebody else's name on it. They want to be associated with someone in the sports arena. Uh, and so, but the fact remains is that each and every one of us is a brand with a logo, with a name attached to it. And it's about developing that which we have and allowing that to grow. And before we know it, there will be doors opening for each and every one that pursues that avenue. I love that. And to take it even further, how, what is your opinion about the right way to show that expertise? Because many people think, if I show I'm an expert outside of performing it, and there are many areas where you cannot just go perform around people to show your expertise, they say, oh, that is bragging. No, I'm not that person. I shouldn't really, I should stay in my shell. And if it's meant to be, they will come to me and then uh, just reducing their opportunities through being reserved and timid about showing their expertise. What is the right way for you to do, like 
how can someone show expertise outside of their core performance without bragging, basically, which is an objection many people will have? I would say take on the mindset of a servant leader. And instead of going out, what's in it for me, uh, ask the question, how can I help you? And then you explain and express what it is that you do and begin to help people. And, you know, sometimes you might help the person that can't pay you, but they take the experience of that positive experience and they tell someone else of that experience and someone else tells another person and that person may have the key to opening up the door for a huge contract or for some big deal uh, to sign. So you never know what influence by starting with whoever. And there's a lot of things myself that I do for free. And and uh, that person may benefit that, but then they go tell someone else. It's like eating at your uh, favorite restaurant. You You get great service, great food. What do you do? You go back and you tell family and friends, you tell them, look, that restaurant has great service and great food. And before you know it, somebody wants to bring a whole group of people there to to, uh, uh, be a part of that experience in that restaurant. So it started with one person, but then 20 people show up to eat dinner there. Look at the multiplication of what could happen if we take on the mindset, what is it that I can do for someone else versus trying to get something just for me and, and, and hold on to a selfish mindset and attitude? It's a difference when you serve versus trying to get all you can. I agree with you that even people can feel that you can do the same action, but infused with the wrong intention, people will feel repulsed while the same exact action infused with goodness, goodwill, and positive intention, it will lead to a totally different outcome. And before we conclude, And before, I would ask you to speak about what work you do to give people links to whether your book or how to contact you. But before that, can you please share some piece of advice from the heart that maybe a listener needs today that will change their life somehow, some way, and just your heart feels it needs to be shared more in the world? You know, I think about that, and, and part of the reason why I'm here on this earth today is to inspire people and to motivate them and to teach, uh, because it is my life passion and dream to help people really uncover what it is that they're here, their purpose, their passion, and to live it. It's never too late. Uh, I've often failed in my own journey, but I got up to something within me continue to push and to uh, encourage me to keep on fighting, keep on pushing, keep on learning, and then at the same time, give back. What good is it to accumulate everything and, and just have it, but not to give it back? And so, you know, someone put it this way, how much is enough? When you've determined how much is enough, whether it's cars or houses or land, and then you make more than that, give it back. To help someone else, it, it will make a difference. So my message to those that listen is that, one, never give up on your dreams and hopes. Two, even though you may fail at things, what is it that you learn from the experience? Take that wisdom and apply it to the next time. I happen to work for a great company called the Hershey Company, 
And uh, the founder of the Hershey Company, Milton Hershey, he failed at least three times, but he never gave up. He continued. And today we celebrate 126 years of operation, putting smiles on people's faces. And so you have something. I have something. Let our light so shine that we'll be able to brighten our communities and make a difference in all that we say and all that we do. We need more positivity today. And we need to get back to dreaming and back to work. It's a lot of news going on, but the news should come from what's going on in your life, your community. What are you making a difference? What is it that you can do? We all have something that we can do. It may start small, but doors will open and you'll be able to do even bigger things. What joy it is to give. It's joyful. Trust me, my friends. I know I've experienced it and I'm enjoying it each and every day to give something back of value that will make a difference. Thank you. That's a powerful message. And on that really positive and hopeful note, can you share a little bit more about your book, about the work you do, and people after having experienced you and listened to you, if they want more? or even to work with you, what are the websites or links that I'll make sure to write in the description that you'd like to share, just like an overview of what you do, how you do it, your book, and let people who are interested come forth? Yes, I've written a book called Don't Stop Now, and you can find it at Barnes & Nobles, or you can find it at Amazon. It's a book about a personal journey of mine. It's a journey of childhood through adulthood, as well as my corporate experience, having worked for some great Fortune 500 companies uh, with Coca-Cola, PepsiCo, uh, the Hershey Company, uh, having the opportunity to work uh, in communities, uh, helping people. Uh, it is a joy. My career has been about coaching and teaching and motivating and speaking. You can find me on LinkedIn, of course. Uh, you can listen to some of my podcasts. They're 15-minute inspirational pre-recorded podcasts that inspire people to get them off to a great week. It talks about leadership. It talks about life. It talks about what you can do to make your community, your job place, your family, all of those things a better place by starting with ourselves, by examining what it is that we can do better. We all have something we can do better. There's nobody perfect, but we can work on us and working on us will help others. So you can find me there. Uh, and I um, look forward to hearing from you. Uh, I will get back with you, whether you want to write me or whether you want to uh, message me through LinkedIn, that's fine. I would love to share with you in any way I can to be of some resource or some value to you in the future. Thank you very much, Dr. Charles. It was a privilege, an honor, and a truly enriching time. And I wish you a brilliant day. Thank you so much for having me. And I look forward to the next time we have a chance to chat. Mm -hmm.